0: I'm just convinced now more than ever that God really cares about friendships that honor and magnify him. I think friendships are a picture of the gospel as well. A friendship can show this is what reconciliation looks like. This is what friendship with God can be through Mm -hmm. Christ. I'm convinced now more than ever, like I said, that relationships, they're life-giving for us. We can't survive without them, and we're supposed to disciple and reach people through them working with the local church to take the hope of Christ to every student in the United States. This is First Priority. Now here are your hosts, Steve Cherico and Brad Skelling. Well,
1: everybody, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Steve Cherico and I'm super glad you're here. My friend, Brad Skelling is with us and- Thank you. We have a guest with us today, Brad. I do. You want to introduce Ben?
2: Uh, Mr. Wright. Dr. The honorable. No doctor. No doctor, doctor yet.
0: Mr. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but no reverend. doctor. Reverend. You <laughs> reverend. You can go reverend. You can go reverend. Yeah, can go reverend. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We get them all out of the way right out <laughs> the gate. <That's>
0: right. <laughs> With Lifeway Student yeah. Resources. Yeah. Ministries. LifeWay students, can we cover summer camps and publishing and youth pastor training and so all that kind of. Longtime friends, how about we go with that title? That works for me. All right, sounds good. Well, thank you for being here today. Yeah.
2: Uh, It's been a few years, you've been on our podcast before, but uh, introduce yourself a little bit, uh, tell us who you are, where you are, a little bit about your family so our audience can get to
0: know you Yeah. and uh, why we're all together here. Yeah, happy to. So, uh, lead LifeWay students and just talked about what that was, Mm -hmm. Uh, married, Four kids, two, two of them are teenagers, so that I am a longtime student pastor before uh-huh. leading life way. And so now yep. I have students in my home, teenagers in my home, so that's a little different and fun. Uh, but we, uh, we go uh, 16, 14, 9, 7, and we have birthday season right now. At oh, the yeah. time of this recording, we're mm. going into birthday season. Wow. So. Nice. I adjusted their. Birthdays based on that. <laughs> I love
1: it. I love it. And how's that going for your pocketbook? Is that is
0: Are you guys big birthday celebrators? We like, yeah, yeah we, we make a big team. deal out of birthdays. Yes. Um, so it's fun. And then we'd really like three of our four have birthdays from April 28th to May 19th. Come on. So we... Wow. We go. celebrate hard for a few weeks, <laughs> yeah, as you should. Yeah,
1: <laughs> then That's recoup over the summer. No, we're
0: not going anywhere. That's right, no <laughs> vacations. <nothing. laughs> well, and my youngest, uh, my youngest son, he's uh, he's the nine year old. His birthday's in October, so he like, why I feel so left out oh, because he's, he doesn't have the April May. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh gosh. Hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. give us a little history of uh, your heart for student ministry. You obviously didn't just jump right into LifeWay. So give us yeah. a little bit of what was your call? Uh, again, who, who are you so our audience can get to know you? What is what is your heart for student ministry and yeah. a little bit of that history? So I
0: was a student pastor for 14 years before moving to Nashville area to serve at LifeWay. Uh, I love the local church still. It's where my heart is mm-hmm. and seeing youth pastors grow and become healthy and continue their health. And so uh, as a student pastor in Virginia, right before moving to Nashville, uh, I really felt God was doing something in my heart to help other youth pastors. Um, And I didn't know what that meant. Mm -hmm. I I didn't know, like, okay, how do I do that? Does this mean I just like start meeting with a couple in our area? And for me, I thought, okay, well, if if God's putting in my heart a desire to help other youth pastors, then I'll go get the doctorate and I'll teach youth ministry in a college or seminary somewhere. And right about that time, had all the paperwork out and on my desk and like working on it, Lifeway called. Mm. Uh, Eric Geiger at that time was one of the vice presidents and called and said, Hey, I'm restructuring Lifeway, hiring some people from the local church to lead our age group areas. Mm. Would you be interested in talking about this? And so it was kind of an aligning of what I didn't really understand what God was doing with, this opportunity, and now, I still very much consider myself still serving in student ministry. Yep. I just serve the I'm here to walk alongside youth pastors role mm-hmm. as they as they disciple. So, it's fun, man. I enjoy it, and it's 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 been I've been ten years now, at Lifeway. Mm-hmm. So that's it's been a long time. So you got a uh, a favorite story of walking alongside a youth pastor through Lifeway? Man, specific story. Mm-hmm. I didn't set you up uh, for this, so take, take a moment if you need to. No, you're good. And I think there are—I mean, there was a conversation just now. Uh, we're in an event together mm-hmm. and sort of taking advantage of that time it's to record this. Right. Yeah. And so just now, mm-hmm. downstairs, there's a youth pastor that came up and said, Hey, I have a vision for youth ministry, and I feel like the leadership of my church has a different vision for student ministry. How do I do that? How do I walk through that yep. and be faithful to my leadership, but also be faithful to God's call on my life? Yep. Those kinds of conversations are really life-giving mm-hmm. because people deal with that. In ministry, yeah. like it's not easy, whether you serve in a local church or a parachurch organization, ministry is difficult. It is. And there are unique issues to navigate. Yep. And, and I, I, I love walking through those kind of things with youth pastors. And most mm-hmm. of the time, it's just somebody that, to listen. Yeah. Because yeah. in ministry, we don't feel like we can really be ultra vulnerable with somebody because mm-hmm. we're supposed to be like super perfect because yeah. we lead things. Yeah. And so we try to shatter that myth and we try to create space for people to be vulnerable and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. I just need somebody to listen to. I need somebody to help. Yep, that's right. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. It's good.
2: it's very good. So again, we talked three years ago, you had a big study three years ago, Yeah. but the world went through a big thing since that three years ago that, uh, yeah, and the church had a lot of different dynamics going on. So as you're walking
0: alongside these churches, what kind of trends are you seeing? Um, yeah. So three years ago, uh, we, we had the study come out of research on students staying connected to the church after college. Yep. And one of the things that we found that keeps students connected after they graduate was how they were connected to other people during their high school years. So Mm -hmm. the number one factor that we found was that when uh, a high school student could name three or more spiritual mentors in their life, they were three times more likely to stay connected to the church during their college years. So spiritual mentoring, and then connected to other people as a part of the student ministry, other peers, other teenagers, and even, even other generations of the church. All of those things were major contributors to them not just running off somewhere else after, after they graduate high school. Mm-hmm. And so I, we haven't done new research. COVID is fresh, freshly over, <laughs> right. so we haven't researched that yep. yet. But what we have seen in conversations with churches is that those churches who majored on connecting people mm-hmm. weathered the COVID storm in a more effective way than churches who didn't. Hmm. So churches who had spiritual mentoring as a, as a primary goal, yep. training their leaders, developing their people, uh, leaders who had relationships with students already, yeah. churches that did a really good job connecting students with each other relationally. Those are the ones who sometimes you even hear like, Hey, we grew during this time Yeah, because relational connection became a magnet for people mm-hmm. over the last 18 months. Correct. And what I hope happens. I got, I love a big event I think churches should do them and big is contextual so sure. that's right yeah that's exactly right yeah <laughs> exactly. whatever yeah, yeah, whatever. yeah whatever Big can be 20 or big can be 2000 it, right? yeah. whatever you are I believe in gathering large groups of people okay. purposefully and strategically mm-hmm. but I hope what's happened through COVID is a return to church people leadership saying mm-hmm. relationships are what matter the mm-hmm. gospel moves at the speed of relationships, yep. and that is something that our churches need to be yep. need to be about. That's right. And I mean, that's what you, that's what you guys do exactly through, through campus groups. Yep. Through, you you facilitate relationships around God's word, and those are the things I think that move discipleship and move the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that gospel moves at the speed of relationships as a, as a quote by my friend mike taylor who's was was just going to
1: say whoever's written that book please tell me where that book yeah. is because that's
0: good title man so mike so. leads a ministry uh in europe hmm. and so a post-christian environment yep. and he says there like you can't do anything outside of relationships yeah and as our country moves more and more towards a yeah. post-christian environment mm-hmm. yeah a return to the focus on relationships rather than y'all come to this place Mm -hmm. is really needed. And I think uh, it's a long way to answer your question, but I really think coming out of COVID, there is a return to relational ministry matters. And it's what actually moves the dial versus Mm -hmm. a lot of the other bells and whistles that we sometimes think. Yep.
1: Now, when I hear you say that, one of the things that could be easy as a church studier, right, of the evangelical church is, Oh, so what you're saying is small groups is more important than the large group. And I don't think you just said that. I think you said that the bottom line is you have to put a pillar in place that whatever we do, right, it's going to be found in the fact of are we connecting human beings to one another, which then connects them towards
0: the gospel. Is that a good yeah. way to surmise that? Or? I think so. Okay. Because I would say that the large group is important too. Okay. There are functions that it serves, certainly. Yeah. But if that's what we only are, yeah. mm-hmm then I think we're missing it. And I think the churches that weathered, maybe had a little bit more struggle during COVID were the ones that were relying solely on a large group gathering. And when that was taken away, what do we do now? What do they have?
2: Yeah. Yeah. We even see that in in first priority. You give us credit for being a relational ministry, but we still have a program. We still have a logo. We still raise money. We still do all things. But what we've seen in some of our chapters, I've talked a lot about Amber down in Tampa, mm. she took COVID and she still did club, you know, the program, but she super focused on the relationships. So, which now, yeah, she went from 60 clubs to one during COVID, but now she's up to 90, you know, hardly out of COVID where some of our other places are still a little bit struggling. I'm not throwing anybody under the bus in that. Sure. But, you know, the people who said, oh, we can't do this anymore because, we can't meet in a club where as opposed to, hey, we can do this, but we're gonna focus on relationship. Right. Um, it, it shines through in first priority as well yeah. in, in that moment, even though we are a relational church networking
0: ministry. Yeah. And it's not a new concept. Like yeah. relational ministry is not a new concept yeah. at all. And there's probably people listening that are like, well, thanks for the new like <laughs> <laughs> is not noteworthy in Uh any way but it's so easy i think in ministry leadership to drift away from relationships yes that that it just happens unintentionally and i i am pro program because i think when you have a program that is purposeful and strategic it will help you facilitate relationships Mm -hmm. exactly right and so i'm pro those things but strategically Mm -hmm. let's not just do stuff just for the sake of doing stuff. Exactly. I don't, hmm. that's, that's where we lose energy. In my opinion, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's where we lose
1: energy. So let's go to your local church a minute, yeah. right? In the place where you do volunteer, right? Key volunteers still in youth ministry. We've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Where did you see it tangibly work out for you as you came out of this season? And in your serving as a volunteer.
0: Yeah, so man, what's interesting is the leaders and seeing this home, and as I've talked with youth pastors in other places, There's always a spectrum of volunteers, right? There are some that just show up and there are some that are like all in. Mm -hmm. The ones who had relationships with their students continued. Mm -hmm. They're the ones who were still willing in those moments to jump online and still have group. Whereas the ones who maybe weren't as involved in relationship with students in their group, fell off a little more quickly Mm -hmm. or what's the value a student's asking what's the value in me coming to that when my parents don't make me get in the car and drop me off on on Sunday morning or Mm -hmm. Tuesday night to home group or whatever and so that really stands out now different parts of the country obviously were online for different periods of time so like here in Outer Nashville area, that online season was shorter than Metro areas, even in our own, even in our own geography, but it all goes back to that prior existing relationship. And I think what it did is gave student pastors an opportunity to say, we talk about relationships a lot. We got to see an example of why they matter because they last. Longer mm-hmm. than all this other stuff, they yeah. last longer than programming. They last longer than just having this thing at a church. It's good. It's very good.
1: I'm still uh, I'm still stuck on your example of the young man downstairs, and so curious what leadership nugget you gave him okay. <laughs> to say back to because you know leading up is just a reality of almost every youth pastor's yeah. life, right? Yeah. And so even leading up to that this is not a fair summation. It's not, but I'll say it anyway, right? Just for the sake of the conversation. I am a high-end leader trying to maintain where I was pre-COVID, now post-COVID, right? I'm just trying to make it through that storm. Yeah. And how do I lead up to that high-view leader and say, hey, by the way, these are the things that I think actually will help you accomplish your goal in relationships. But, But it it, it means some shifting for you and your view
0: and how you view us. Right. Like, how did you help him get to that point? So anytime a, a youth pastor, and this conversation happens a good bit. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm having some struggle relationally with the, with the, the person who oversees me. Yep. Um, one of the first things I always say is, I believe when God calls us to a place He calls us to be under the authority of the leaders that he's put there. And our response to that authority says more about our own relationship with Jesus than it says about our relationship with that person. Mm -hmm. And so I always try to lead with that and say, hey, like there's some introspection that needs to take place. Is there something going on with you that needs to change? Do you need to get in line or on board with the vision that's being that's being given to you. That leader has a vision. That leader has a direction for the church. You said yes to go there. And so you said yes to that vision.
2: Mm.
0: Now, sometimes it is the youth pastor. I'll put myself in that situation. Sometimes it is me that needs to check my ego, that needs to check my pride and Mm -hmm. say, you know what, God's called me here and I need to align with this. And so I'm gonna adjust the way I wanna do things. There's, when you talk about mission and strategy, I think the mission never changes. Like that's a closed fisted thing. So me as a youth pastor, this is why I exist, this is my mission. Mm -hmm. The strategy of that should be Mm open-handed. There are a lot of strategies that can accomplish the mission. And maybe it's not a difference in mission, It's just a difference in how we get there. And if I can get to that place, then I jump on board, I change my strategy, I align, and I'm good to go. Sometimes that may not be able to happen. Mm -hmm. The youth pass or whoever may not be able to align with wherever the leadership is going. And in those instances, I do encourage them to find somewhere else to go. Because here's what happens. If I have, God has searched my heart and it's not sin. And it's not like I'm not the problem. There's just a difference there. That's, that's not going to be aligned. Mm -hmm. Then if I stay there, the enemy I believe will use that as an opportunity to, to begin to build bitterness and disagreement in my heart. Mm -hmm. And then as a leader of people, that we can't section off the bitterness that we feel from the people that we lead. So that will eventually begin to be a divisive thing in the church, in our ministry, in us. And it's actually spiritually unhealthy for you as a person to stay in that situation if you can't align. Because it's going to pull you away from your relationship with Jesus. And so I actually believe in that moment, it's more spiritually healthy for you to seek a situation Hmm. that's different than to stay and allow bitterness to develop. Now, the advice on the other side of that is if you are leaving, make sure you ask the vision questions up front so that you know if I'm going to go into a new situation, then this this is going to be. And that's a hard conversation because it's not as easy just i'll stay or leave yeah but those are the principles behind how i handle that kind of conversation
1: well, and what i want to hear from you is exactly what you said which is hey you you can feel misaligned but you still have to first look in the mirror and say where am i in this yeah right and the idea that we all have our stuff yeah and we can get so passionate about the mission that we can miss out <clears throat> on strategy because of our stuff. Mm-hmm. So the idea that you turned it back on that leader, my, me included, right? You would turn it back on me and say, before you take the next step, you need to go look in the mirror and ask yourself these things, right? Yeah. If these things are clear. There's no root of bitterness. Right. You're not. Th- th- then we then you've got some choices to make. Yeah. But it may be simpler than you're making it leader. And leading up may just simply be alignment. It may Mm -hmm. not be. Anyway, it's just interesting that you told them to turn back and look, because that's exactly where I would have gone to, is let's pause, because from my perception about me, ego, logo, Mm -hmm. high personality, right? The first person I gotta do is have somebody like you say, you gotta Mm -hmm. go check the mirror. (laughs)
0: Well, I know like for me, the times when I've had to do that, it has been something that like I've said, okay, I allowed this situation that happened way back here yep. to frustrate me or get me upset. And that started as this small thing, yep. but that has now clouded my view all the way down here and put me in a place where I'm like, okay, we're not even going the same direction. Yep. When that's not even true, yep. we actually are. Yep. My vision has just been clouded because of some small situation way back here. Mm-hmm. And so I think, for, for me, I won't assume this on anyone else. Yeah, sure. For me, the majority of the times has been, okay, God, thank you for shaping me again. Thank you for cutting mm-hmm. off these things for me. That's a painful process to help me get back aligned where I need to be. Which mm-hmm. circles right back to
1: where we started in the very beginning, which is the reality. It all comes back to relationship, whether right. it's on a leadership level that you're following yeah. or on a leadership level that we're leading, right? It all comes back to the most important thing is relationship with one another mm-hmm. after our clear relationship with Christ. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super interesting.
2: Yeah. You uh, remind me of a story. There was a couple at my church up in Sioux Falls that I will say they never really were on my team as mm-hmm. a youth pastor. Never, we, we never came into a relationship. Sitting here now, I realize that we never came into a relationship. They just always had an opinion about things. They always had a, conversation to be had, but I always just kind of felt like they're not on my team. I'll just say it that way. Right. But when I stepped out and I started sharing the first priority vision and raising funds to come on the team, they supported me and I'm like, Hmm. excuse me, (laughs) wait a minute, let's sit down and talk and then hear what they had to say and what they were really trying to do in a nutshell over the court, you know, a cup of coffee and I'm like. Are you telling me that six years ago, we could have come into alignment? <laughs> well, I would have <laughs> bought, you just bought you a buy cup of coffee. coffee. Yeah. $4 in <laughs> an hour. Right. And it Not even right. that six <laughs> years ago, right? That's Starbucks right. was $3.50 then. Right, right? exactly. <laughs> well, that was 15 years ago now. Gosh. you know, It's like, man, it's just, it, it comes back to, if we would have sat down and had a relationship with each other, rather than passing in the hallways, you know, and just continuing to do what we both did because they were longtime members. They always did what they did. I was new, I was out to do what I did and it just never collided enough to, but it's just shocked me when I stepped out to do first priority. I'm like, they are not who I thought were gonna come in and support the mission of first priority, but there they are, you know, and it's like, all right, you know,
0: but it comes down to relationship. It does and it, I think sometimes we, As as spiritual leaders, we forget that God really cares about friendships. Mm -hmm. Second Corinthians chapter five talks about how we have the ministry of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. God has made us new creations, old has gone, new has come, and then for the purpose of reconciling people to Him. Yeah. But not just that. And I think a lot of times that's where we stop in the church. Mm -hmm. Is like the reconciliation that we need to do is between lost people and God, but it's also between each other. Yeah. And that one of the ways that we display what reconciliation with God looks like is the kinds of relationships that we have with each other as believers mm. to the world. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm just convinced now more than ever that God really cares about friendships. For us, yep. and friendships that honor and magnify Him. We talk a lot about how a marriage relationship is a picture of the gospel. Mm-hmm. I think friendships are a picture of the gospel as well. Yep. Even outside of the marriage relationship, a friendship can show this is what reconciliation looks like, this is what friendship with God can be through mm-hmm. Christ. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm just, I'm convinced now more than ever, like I said, that relationships are really important. They're life-giving for us. We can't survive without them and we're supposed to disciple and reach people through them.
1: Well, if there was a first party takeaway with what he just said, which I love, the whole idea that the peer-to-peer relationship inside the club is more important at this point than the strategy that's put before them. Mm. In other words, I can give you a four-week strategy, but if I don't have the peer-to-peer development and I'm not coaching that up, right? Yeah. How are you working together to bring this the gospel to your campus right yep. I can give you all the strategy I want until I can form that and help that form when that bond happens then as Mark Roberts used to say right they'll storm hell with a water pistol right mm-hmm. if they believe in each other yep. because they believe in this unified thing about the gospel then all right. heaven right is available to them yep. yeah. but if they don't and it's just a strategy then the club in our experience the club mm-hmm. doesn't survive right. it doesn't last so right. even on the peer-to-peer level and coaching that from our view is such an important thing on the campus.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then that friendship with that person that's not a part of it yet Yeah. and bringing them to, those, them. to those days yeah. and mm-hmm. those to say, hey, why don't you come check this out for me? Yeah. Which I know is an integral piece of the strategy as well. Yeah. Like that starts with a friendship with somebody who does not yet know. So good. <laughs> That's really good. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you need to print that on something and send that to everybody. <laughs> That's right.
2: That's right. Well, I feel like that was kind of the where we land the plane right yeah. there, like the yeah. parting parting word for the first-party leadership, first-party student leaders, everybody.
1: so 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 ben if folks want to connect with you and and online is obviously an easy way to do that from far away right what are the
0: different areas that you do post or that you do update where should they connect with you so we have uh i mean my social media is kind of i put all of the stuff that we do kind of out through that from a training perspective so it's just at ben trueblood on all the social media stuff and then we have a youtube channel called student ministry that matters Okay. okay um that is aimed at youth pastor uh, people who lead youth ministries sure. and so we have a podcast also called it's creatively named the student ministry podcast there you go so that, that's that's us we understand we understand, <laughs> same thing. We understand. Yep. it's like you go through all of these like what can we call it and like let's just be clear yeah. instead exactly. of cool yeah. and mm-hmm. so that's the way we decided yep. to go but those are the ways okay okay yeah. cool well thanks for joining us today
2: and taking this yeah. time and always a thing, yeah always good part of the conversation appreciate it yeah super great mm-hmm. thank you yeah